Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hi everybody, welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. I'm Allison. And this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for you. I didn't. Uh, I didn't brush my hair, and I re- I'm regretting it now. But it is where we're at. I was gonna lead with how is your hair journey going? Um, it continues. I I try to do a side part. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just sort of one of those things where it's the difference between when you see it, and you're like, okay, well, this is genuinely generally fine, and then mm-hmm. you see a photo. It's like I'm gonna have my head removed. See, and I still think it frozen. looks nice. Um, okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Eventually, I want to. I I'm gonna segue to a side part. I just feel like. I know a side I live part, it, but still the bangs you have. Also the bangs, it's just a side okay. part. I just need to grow them out a little bit. We just—I live in LA, so it is a world of no bangs middle part, and I just am not. Yeah. I don't have the face. I no, don't have the face. I no, same. I've tried middle part, and uh, it just doesn't. It's not it for just us. Isn't, it's not, not middle for part us. gal. We do. Have, I feel like I have to use my hair to create more structure in my face, and I feel yes. fine about that. Yeah. But I, I just have to know it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I have to I wish a I could. diagonal exactly. with it, you know, so right. that you're I have not to just. Like one of those fascinators with like a top head on yes. top. I have yeah. to wear a monocle I look on like an side. Easter Island head. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> I wear my glasses because I need them to see. But also like if I take them off, like my face starts to just collapse. Like there's, just, there's like, it is just, yeah, come on. So at least there's something there. A little bit of a picture frame for the eye. Yes. Um, Some uh, interest. How are, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I have nothing going on. I mean, we just recorded, so it makes sense. <laughs> I know. It's like nothing happened in the last hour the whole time we were talking to each other. Um, oh, I downloaded um, Tinder finally and oh. have just been spiraling about that. Yeah, and I think that's great. You know, I do feel like, okay, I'm taking a step forwards. Again, people message me and I just haven't replied. And I, I'm just like, I, I, my steps forward involve just disappointing so many lesbians. And, I, and now that like, whatever, I'm so great. I just mean like, I, I'm in such a different place that I feel like the people my age are that I just have to yeah. get past that part of it. Yeah. You know? Everyone's different. What? Thank you. Okay. Can we just admit it already? Everyone's Please. different. And it's Everyone's fine. Everyone's different. And it's fine. Um, other than that, man, I'm, I I just got a bed frame. I've been sleeping on a mattress on the ground. That's like exciting. an animal with a mattress. What? Is it, I got to imagine, like a four-poster canopy bed or? Yes, um, yeah. Okay, it's got cool. a mosquito nest because <laughs> there's a lot of mosquitoes in here. I did release them myself, but. Oh, sure. Um, well, they're for you the, know. when the rats come. Exactly, I mean, yeah. You're a giving them something snacks. to do. Um, it is a, oh, oh, so I have very dark wood floors in my mm-hmm. um, apartment. So I got a black wooden frame. And that was weirdly hard to find. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that wasn't super expensive. Because that's the other thing is like, I. Well, yeah, it's like you could find things. one, but. Right, yeah. And I've been looking at rugs. My God. Rugs? I mean, I've been are working to pay off rugs. I mean, I like, listen, I'm not saying that the rug industry, you're doing great work out there, but my God. It's so expensive. 
And then if you don't pay any money, it just, it's like a dish towel that you you walk on. And then I know. what's the point I of that? I really, my, I have a rug that I bought, like, it was like a West Elm clearance and it's what's in my living room. And it's fine. It like does the job of being a rug that's the right size and it's like light colors, which is what I wanted. But I spilled a giant iced coffee on one corner and got some nail polish on another part of it. And I'm like, I can't, yeah. and I want this, there's a specific rug I really want and it's expensive. And I'm like, you've not proven yourself as someone who can have a nice rug. And and we aren't, and we shouldn't have nice things, Allison. No, no. I was going to say, what what's going on? I was going to start talking about politics, but I'm like, I don't know, man. It's I, it's bad. It's, it's bad. Um, you know, it, it really feels like the Republican Party is just going fucking whole hog, you know? Yeah. Like, we have all this constant anti-trans legislation. Yeah. And- also, simultaneously, you know, they, they already had, some of these bills are also anti-queer and anti-drag, but there's also, now they're sort of submitting some things that are specifically against same-sex, depictions yeah. of same-sex marriage and books and in, stuff. In, like, books and stuff at libraries and children's schools. And then Oof. you have this Texas judge who, at least when we're recording this, he, I don't know, he may have already ruled on it by the time this come, come, came out. He's ruling on whether you can get... Um, Mifepristone. Oh, yeah. One of the two drugs um, that over half of abortions you use, like medicated yeah. abortions. It just feels like they're, I don't know what, I mean, I guess they're just like, no one's going to fucking stop us, so we'll just go crazy. So they're just going to keep doing stuff. I, th- I guess this is all a part of, like, their run-up to 2024, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, Ron DeSantis going crazy, and, like, Ron DeSantis being, like, essentially um, establishing a new board to control Disney World, but then also implying that he wants to, like, get woke content out of Disney yeah. content because they basically pushed back against him, right. um, you know, last year For or whatever. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's sort of the thing is, like, the use of the term woke and, like, what it's it means. It's code for, yeah. It just means any, it just means, like, anything that is not what a cis white straight, straight. Republican man, because, like, I'm yes. sure there's plenty of cis white men who are, like, I would have, I have no interest in this. I don't right. want this to happen. No, it's a conservative... Yes, the cons- anything that is not that is not specifically conservative, and it's so deeply insane to watch them go like really go whole hog. And obviously, you know, as someone who typically votes for for Democrats, I mean, a what's the Jewish word for a shame? What is it? A shanda. It is a shanda mm, <laughs> to not have Democrat. I mean, obviously, plenty of them are. I'm not saying like there's yeah. plenty of elected officials who are doing it and are saying things, but it's like. We just, this is what it has to be is like, how do you, we all have to be nas- addressing on a national and um, local level that this is all of a piece, that all of this yeah. is connected. So all of our struggles are also connected. Yes. I mean, and it, I guess this is like the constant struggle is like what, what moves us to the next level of being able to push back against it. Like your point where you have, it's so different between the states, you know, living in California, yeah. which again, I'm not saying is a Mecca. We have our, a ton of our own fucking problems. Yeah. But like I, you know, I never would feel like I couldn't, like I couldn't get an abortion, or like I couldn't yeah, have a queer or relationship, that, like, or you yeah. know, it's just so it's so intense. But we want. I was like, what could I offer you? Again, my delusional optimism that this yeah. backlash is um, the result of an immense progress. Like that, this it, they're having to do this specifically because they know there are a greater and greater population of people who don't believe this and don't want this to happen and they right. are terrified so they're trying to legislate things and criminalize things so that they can then penalize you which is what the what America's always done but you see stuff like right. oh if you make 
transition illegal and you make it illegal to get hormones, then you can then you can treat people who are trying to get hormones as criminals. As criminals, right. Similarly with abortion, like if you right. make it illegal to have abortion pills, you can then criminalize and arrest people who are trying to provide abortion. Yeah, that woman in like what, South Carolina just got arrested? Yeah, for, and, and I'm sure doctors. Pills and, yeah, right. And they're trying doctors, to use like- distributors. And a lot of them, the bills are really unclear. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, it kind of says that, but not technically whatever. It's like, that's the whole point is that they're trying to scare. And in this case, both medical providers, you know, like medical providers who provide care to trans people and also medical providers who would provide abortion care. They're trying to terrify them out of providing that care, whether or not on paper, technically they could provide that care. It's specifically supposed to be vague. Right. We all know this is what's happening and we all know this is connected and we all have to just constantly be talking about it. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't mean to be, I'm not I'm not pessimistic. I'm not nihilistic. It's just extremely grueling. And I really do feel for anyone who lives in a fucking state where you have yeah. to deal with this and how terrifying that must be. We really, I don't know. I, I apologize. I don't know. It's like, we're, yeah, I, I feel I know. horrible, you know. I know. I don't but know. But I do love that the New York Public Library or the Brooklyn Public Library, or maybe both of them, um, are offering any... Teenager, I believe, um, in the country, access to their entire That's catalog, so including all of the things that states like Florida and Texas are uh, seeking to and are already banned. So, yeah, that's if you amazing. know a teen in a place like that, um, you know, remind them that they can access um, all kinds of information via the New York Public Library online. Thank you, Allison. And maybe, we, maybe, we, maybe that's something we, useful we could do is like offer helpful things um, yeah. rather than my inclination, which is to be on Twitter all day, just like. <gasps> I know, screaming my head off, but also being like fully silent and and dead somehow. Yeah, and it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we. Uh, what what's the strategy? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, oh, I know. it's it's all these different people who are working on different organizations. It's like, how do you? I don't right. know. Again, I, I remain optimistic. I do think this is the result of immense progress we've made, and so they have to punish us for it. But um, I know that doesn't that doesn't undermine how scary it is to read the fucking news and see everything all day. Like yes. You know, yeah, taking the books off the shelves in Florida and and knowing that, you know, our heart goes out to you if you live in a red state. And I don't want people to have to flee. Like, people shouldn't have to fucking abandon areas of the country. Well, you live in Georgia. You get what you— And it's like, no, 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 no. That is not the attitude we're taking with people who have homes that are in places that are actively legislating against them. That is not— Yeah, we can't. We simply can't. That being said, if you were personally like, well, I want to leave, I listen, we get it. You know, that's I no, get leaving. no one on any I get you wanting person. to leave. You should not have to leave. You should not have to leave. Um, okay. Well, uh, we we love you very much. And we yes. hope that that is, we, I, I, if we're going this through these same thoughts, we assume that you are too. So yes. we'd like to offer you a little bit of a break and a little bit of a sexy break. A sexy break. I mean, um, it's like 40 month ended, but like, does it ever end? Does it ever end? Nope. Not, not here over not at here. Ruined. Not at Ruined Incorporated. Um, so we are going to be doing a movie I had not seen before, but had been requested multiple times. Um, Slumber Party Massacre. And, I mean, the kind of movie you see the poster in the movie store and you're like, well, I've got to find out what happens in the slumber party. Like, even, like, the title and the poster feels like it would be, like, you know, the old movie they're watching in a newer horror movie yes, about horror. Like, like, like it would like mm, they I would have talked that. about it on Scream or like and yes. something like that. Like, it's just like Slumber Party Massacre. Like, it's it's like vague. Yes, <laughs> enough. And the idea, the word massacre is so yeah. good. Um, so this uh, movie, this is Slumber Party Massacre, and I just want to. It's an interesting uh, queer connection. Mm. Um, so it, this is a 1982 it, slasher, obviously. 
Um, directed by Amy Holden Jones, who is responsible both for directing and writing a bunch of different movies. Have you ever seen Mystic Pizza, Allison? I love it. She wrote Mystic Pizza. Great. She wrote Beethoven. What a bizarre. She has a storied career. Like, she's been out here. She wrote The Relic. The, that, um, oh, wow. Did yeah, we the, do that? Not, not yet. Okay, well, we gotta. We absolutely have to. Yeah, she's had an incredible career. Oh, she created this, the, the show that is currently on the air called The Resident, which I have not seen it, but I've seen ads for it. You know, it's like a medical mm-hmm. drama. Sure. So, yeah, Amy oh, yeah. Holden-Jones popping off since wow. the 70s. And Incredible breadth of content. Yeah, it was written by Rita Mae Brown, which is so fascinating. So, again, I don't know anything. I'm, I, like— I, I woke up dumb. gay, and now I have to read books about it, you know, which is great. I love them. Yep. So, interestingly, so I live in L.A., and in, there was was not until recently a permanent lesbian bar. And I want to be clear, lesbian, it, it, I mean in the broadest sense of the word. Yeah. I, I live in L.A. A lot of people I know are, are gender non-binary, so yeah. I don't mean to be, like, specifically just lesbians. It's sort of right, lesbians but- as a broader term. Sapphic, yes. I suppose, is the word that people use now. And the name of the bar is The Ruby Fruit, and it's based off of a— autobiographical novel from the 70s by Rita Mae Brown, the screenwriter of Slumber Party Massacre. And it is sort of like this seminal work of, you know, a a young woman, a young queer woman discovering herself. The name of the book is is Ruby Fruit Jungle. The name of the bar is the Ruby Fruit. And so I hadn't known about uh, the book until the bar opened, and I wouldn't have known that Ruby uh, Mae Brown uh, wrote this until uh, we did this movie. What a connection. You could see it on, um, there's like, a, I didn't see it, but like there's a moment where you see the book on, say, a, a nightstand. Like there's a moment of it that I thought was really, really nice. And apparently she wrote this as a parody of a slasher movie. And then when it sold, they did it as a straightforward slasher movie. Oh, interesting. That was so funny. Um, and I, I would have I liked really to have that. seen the parody. Yeah, and there are, are fun moments. Like, you know, it is it is a slasher. So there, you were going to yeah. get some silly stuff in there. But I absolutely love that. And now I feel like, well, I have to write, uh, read the book and um, we'll go from there. We always like to have Allison watch the trailer. Allison, what were your thoughts about the trailer for The Slumber Party Massacre? Um, terrific. I like the only Wonderful. thing that's hard about watching these trailers is like the quality as you go from like whatever it was recorded on to YouTube. It's like pretty hard to see anything that's happening. But yeah. there are some like, some real choice lines and some very funny moments where I'm like, I could see this being a parody. <laughs> like, yeah. And I guess there's, I mean, there's so many slashes that that sort of straddle that line. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, we also like to take a um, baseline scary. Allison, how scary do you find like a two foot long, extremely powerful electric drill? Oh, um, very. Right. And would you want to be around that? Power tools? Mm-hmm. I feel like, not for any, like, specific purpose, but I'm just, like, I see one, and I'm, like, that hurts you. Like, that, like there's something about, like, I'm just, like, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Just even, like, not from a non-malicious, st- like, I'm just, like, oh, I'm going to accidentally, like, drill my foot to the floor. Like, that's, like, going to happen if I pick up that drill, let alone if somebody else who knows how to use it has it in their hands. Yeah. Um. I definitely feel like I, I, I feel like calling to be both, um, you know, more well, to have a skill in using any kind of tool. Yeah. And yet a fear that I would, and I would, immediately cut my fingers off. Immediately. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even remember having fingers. That's how fast it would happen. Nope. Yep. It'd be, like, I w- it wouldn't even be on. No. <laughs> 
Just hold it and be like, I'd be standing in Home Depot looking for the actual right aisle, and my hand would be severed. Yes. Well, I have some bad news. If you don't like that, then you're not going to like this movie very much because there's so well, it's there's it's not a drill, Allison. This is really happening. This is a slumber party massacre. Based on what you know from the trailer, would you like to guess the twist in Slumber Party Massacre? Guess the twist. I'm going to guess that the slasher is another teen girl. Oh, okay. That's great. Like from, because I know like they had basketball or volleyball practice at the beginning. And so I feel like somebody from the other team or like an excluded teammate is the one that's like terrorizing everyone. I love that. Okay. We open, let us ruin Summer Party Massacre. We open on beautiful gray Venice, which currently in L.A., LA's, a, they depict it, you know, to be like, oh, it's a 70s blue sky. Sure. But a lot of months a year, it's basically San Francisco. So yeah. it's really gray. It's gray. You know? And we have a, it's a beautiful craftsman's home. It'll make you want to pluck your fucking eyes out, Allison. When you see it, you think about how expensive that place must be now. Yeah, like Ooh. $6 million. And there's so many great moments uh, that Rita Mae Brown has put in uh, that sort of quickly move us along the plot in these very fun, kind of obvious ways. For example, we see a little newspaper boy uh, biking by. He throws out the paper. Headline, mass murder of mass murderer of five, Russ Thorne, escapes. So we know Ooh, right away okay. we're ta- dealing with an well, escaped mass murderer. Great. It's in at the front page of the newspaper. Cutting to the Everyone's chase. looking for it. We're cutting the chase. Great. And we start, we open with our teen girl, Trish. She wakes to a scream, but luckily it's just, she's listening to the radio. Somebody just won a free t-shirt. And so she immediately gets naked you know, boobies out and puts on a dress, Allison. We do not see her change her underwear. And there's no, like, basically we see her put on a dress and then leave. And I was like, I feel like, not that we have to see her change her underwear, but it's like to wake up and change your clothes but not your underwear seems almost deliberate. Yeah, that's, that's a choice. And it really, it immediately put me back on my heels. I was like, before we even get into the murder, I don't, What's someone's got to talk to this kid. Yeah. yeah. So we see her go through a room and we see her, oh yes, very literally boxing up all the childish things in her room, like taking all the toys and putting them in, you know, in bags. And finally she holds a stuffed dog and she looks at it. ah, The end of childhood, the beginning of being a young woman, puts him in a bag and her mom shouts for her to come down to the uh, driveway. We also hear on the radio that police are still searching for escaped murderer Russ Thorne. Thorne was convicted of the brutal slaying of five people in Venice, California in 1969. We find out that Trisha's parents are frantically, they're late for the airport. They're going on a vacation, a solo trip without their daughter. And her mom tells uh, Trish that Mr. Content, and his name is spelled C-O-N-T-A-N-T, Mr. Content. And every time they say it, I'm like bracing from like, how do you eat? There's something about it that feels like no one is named that. Like yeah. It feels it's like Spell being named Mr. Content. is C-O-N-T-A-N-T. So content, content. within yeah. A. So it's yeah. content. But you're saying it the same way. But it's it, there, it strikes me so wrong to hear yeah. it and to say it. Mr. Mr. Content. Mr. Content. I mean, that's like an award that somebody on TikTok wins. Like, I just don't. Exactly. Like, <laughs> um, it reminds me, not to bring up... Uh, news bloopers, like as I always want to do, but there's a very famous news blooper where someone is pronouncing someone's name and they pronounce it, and her name is like Deirdre Megan Dot. 
And the anchor comes up to yep. the name, and you yep. see the panic the in panic, her eyes. Panic. And panic. she says, "DD Mega Doo I'm sorry. Like, there's not even a second between <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, she doesn't even take doo-doo. a breath. Yeah, she knows she's fucked up so bad. So, so I'm gonna be saying Mr. Content a lot. Content. And yeah. please know, every time I'm gonna be filled with like a shaking dread of having yes. to say this word. Sure. Anywho, Trish is not thrilled because Trish is planning to have a slumber party. And Mr. Content is over next door, like, you know, just harshing her vibe. And she tells her mom, look, I'm 18 years old. See, I bought, I've packaged up all of my childish things. I'm becoming a young woman. Her parents peel out. They're going to be gone for the weekend. We see Trish literally pick up her bags of toys and put them in the garbage can in case we didn't get the metaphor. <laughs> so it's, and that's where I'm like, oh, this is, this is a parody. You know, it's so, yes. it's so fun. And we see a hand reach in and take out a blonde Barbie doll. At school, we find we meet up with these two kind of goofballs that will be with us throughout the movie, Jeff and Neil. And Jeff's trying to give Neil dating advice. You know, he's sort of Neil's more of the dweeb. Jeff's the cool guy. And he's and Jeff says, You should ask out the new girl, Valerie. And Neil's like, There's no way Valerie would like me. She's the hottest girl I've ever seen. Valerie's Luckily, such an 80s teen name. So good. Trish, so Valerie, good. Kim, and Jackie. Ooh. Like that is those are the most 80s names I can think of for yeah. teens. Yeah, I just feel like Jackie's not a name you hear that. Like, I, maybe a Jacqueline. Jackie is yeah. a Kim, even. You're not Kim. getting more Kims. I love it. Um, luckily, every woman they've ever seen is the hottest woman they've ever seen. So they sort of stopped to ogle like a hot blonde telephone repair woman who's fixing the phone line at the school. And Jeff tries to hit on her like, have you ever considered dating a younger man? And she says, not really. And it kind of gives them the brush off, but like in a smiling way. She's not mad yes. or anything. As soon as they turn their back to walk back to the school, she opens the sliding door of her repair van. A hand grabs her and drags her inside. And then as Jeff and Neil are talking, we see her, like, scary movie level, level like, flailing in the back window. But the, the, no one can hear her because the door is closed. Right. So the boys are oblivious. Unfortunately, Russ Thorne, the killer, gets the repair woman down on her back on the floor of the van. And then he takes out a gigantic... Electric drill, Allison. No. And we see him lower it towards her face, and then blood just fucking sprays against the ceiling of the van. I mean, yeah, that's a messy. What a, it's a messy you death. Know it's not, you know, it's taking a, a 10 seconds. I don't think you're oh, getting it's not gonna be a two-second no. death to have somebody no, no. drive a drill into your fucking forehead. No, oh my god. That's a tough, that's like one of the more like, even though this is like this all feels like a little sillier than yes. like some of our like more harrowing movies, like mm-hmm. that is up there. Ooh, in it's gnarly. Yeah. After school, the girls uh, are scrimmaging in basketball, and Jeff Neal and some of the other boys show up, and they're slobbering over Valerie, the new girl. She's also incredibly good at basketball, and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. She's hot, and she's good at sports. And uh, we see the gym teacher, Coach Jana. She calls an end to the scrimmage and tells them to hit the showers, reminding everyone baseball tryouts are out next week. Time to get totally ass naked with 20 other teenagers. And I'm like, because did you, we were talking about this, but did you ever have to shower at school? Yeah. I don't know I how anyone, I, like, to me, it's, like, both the horniness and also, like, just so awkward. Like, I'm like, I feel like that would be, like, would have decimated my mental understanding of myself if I had to shower every day at gym. Yeah, I can't remember, like, in high school, like, what, but I just, like, because I played sports and one of those sports was swimming, which, like, Mm-hmm. You're already in a bathing suit and you do shower afterwards because you're covered in chemicals. Yeah. Um, 
it wasn't as like I was like, oh yeah, this is not a big deal. Like right. I don't know. It, to me, it was not. But that was only because I was already like. Well, right. yeah, and I'm not like, saying it's inherently sports. horny. I'm just saying, like, if you're in yes. high school, I just feel like your horniness is like it's just you're just horned peak, up right? all the time. And so the girls are showering, and we are getting just like there's literally just a camera just panning down to Trish, like her soaping her ass, and then panning back up, like it's just uh, tits and ass. As we as they sort of have conversations, one of the girls starts raging at Jackie about choking during the game, and we see Valerie, the new girl, kind of squinch up her nose, like oh, you're gonna be a bitch, you know. And then there's this incredible, what feels very like, like a lesbian moment where Trish and Valerie lock eyes while they're both soaping up, and then they, but they're just their heads are exposed because of how tall the showers are. It's incredible, <laughs> and it does make me feel like more movies now, more horror movies now. We talked about this before. Do need more ambient horniness. Not that yeah. it has to just be like young. Yeah, but everything's just, like, trauma and dread. And I would just like a little more horniness. And I think it's, like, a great time to open it up to other bodies. You know, different bodies. We're all horny. Our bodies are the sites of horniness. It doesn't have to just be, you know, 18-year-old white cis women. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, the world world of horniness avails itself to us, you know? Yes. So uh, Trish puts on her towel and comes talk to Valerie. And, and again, this is, like, a great lie because of how— Like, this would be, like, what I would write about basketball. She says— Valerie, you played such nice basketball out there. It's like, yeah, that's that's exactly how I would put it. Really nice basketball playing. Trish, who again, Trish is sort of like a, a the cool girl and like a, a popular girl. She's talking to her gang of other hot popular girls, Diane, uh, Kim, and Jackie. So they were planning a sleepover with four of them. She says, "Let's add Valerie, the new girl. Let's invite her to her sleepover. I think she's really cool." Diane's extremely jealous of Valerie because she's a new hot girl and also she's sure. genuinely good at sports. Yes. But and she's like, oh, I don't I don't want her to come. And uh Trish is like, okay, great. Well, as long as you agree that no boys are coming. And Diane's like, well, yeah, well, we'll see about that. We'll see if mm-hmm. any boys will be coming. But she's sort of uh she's trying to dismiss Valerie, and everyone says, like, well, she seems really nice. She's hot as hell. She's great at sports. Why wouldn't we invite her? And she says, Valerie drinks too much milk. <laughs> And I was like, that's, I don't even know what that means. And it's so mean. It's so mean. But it is something I would, as a not milk drinker. A hundred percent. I'd be like, I don't go to the milk house. If somebody said that about me, I'd be so upset. And also, they'd be right. It's all oat milk, but I'm sure I drink too much of it. It's such a cutting insult. It's so good. It is. Yeah. But Kim at least says, oh, is it too much milk? Or because she's better at either basketball. Oh. And then Diane's like, I don't care. It's not my fault she transferred here. I'm not obligated to be friends with her. Of course, they're in the locker room. So Valerie is the next row over at her locker just hearing this and be like, Diane fucking hates me. I don't have any friends. I just moved here. And so then when Trish does go up to talk to Valerie to ask her to sleep over, she kind of dodges and says, oh, I'm busy. Because she doesn't want to go there if Diane's going to hate her, you know? Right. And Trish goes back. It's like, well, she heard and sort of chastises Diane. And the bell rings. It's the end of the day. And Neil and Jeff kind of jokingly invite themselves to the sleepover. And everyone's laughing. And they're like, no boys allowed. But will they be laughing, Allison, when their eyes are being drilled out (gasps) by an electric drill? Will they be laughing then? You know the drill. Uh, We know the drill, baby. Get ready (laughs) to kiss those eyes goodbye. Take a good look around. It's going to be your last. So we see as they walk out to the parking lot, we see Russ Thorne, our murderer, in the driver's seat of the van watching them. And we get a split-second shot of the telephone repair woman who has a giant drill hole in her, her forehead. 
Fortunately, it's Great. too early in the movie for any of the core to die, the core group. Yeah. So they have a friend, Linda, and they're like, oh, Linda says, oh, I forgot my, my chemistry book in the locker and runs back to the locker room. Linda was born to die. Aww. It's like the only reason Linda's in this movie is to it's absolutely so she get could drilled. Die. Yeah. Yeah. So she runs back in and Coach Janice says, hurry up because they're going to lock up the whole school f- for the weekend. So you oh better boy. don't get locked in. I don't think I need to tell you, Allison. She gets her book, tries to leave, and immediately realizes she's locked into the gym, right? Eventually, she's able to get to an outside door, but then that's locked too, which I was like, this is a huge fire hazard. They should be yeah, doing this. you can't, like, do that. Yeah. Fire hazards, that's why fires were the second most common cause of death in the 1970s, right after serial killer drill attacks. I don't know if you knew that. There was I didn't know that. Unfortunately, poor Linda hears a drill start up behind her, and when she turns— Also, like, hearing a drill out of nowhere— That sucks so bad. That sucks so bad. I'll be honest, just about the worst thing to hear. I mean, I guess there, any other weapon, too. Best case scenario, you have to, like, keep doing what you're doing while there's construction going on. Like, that's right. the best case. Most likely— Drill death. Drill death. Serial killer drill attack. Um, when she turns around, Russ Thorne just stabs her through the shoulder with this fucking gigantic drill. Linda is able to, like, rest herself off of it and dash past him, runs through the locker room, and ends up hiding, but her arm is gushing blood. So she's yeah. losing blood. She tries to find a towel, but it's pooling everywhere. And Russ is still trying to, like, drill down on where she is in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, but as he's walking, unfortunately, she's bleeding so much that you see this, like, slow river of blood emerge under a door where she's attempted to hide. Oh, no. And the problem with a scary drill is, one, it could drill your eyes out. But then even worse, you could use it to get through a locked door. Yeah, it's like, it's also still a tool. It's a tool. So as Linda screams, Russ stabs the drill through the door. Killing and then killing her. Yeah. Afterwards, we see Russ. Here's the only problem I have with this movie. Okay. Is that you see Russ so early and you see him a yeah. lot. Yeah. It, it 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 is kind of like okay. Yeah. Well, we know what's happening in a and way that like just, there's a yeah. little less suspense. And he's just some guy. Like he's not like again like Michael Myers. Like maybe you see the mask from a distance, then you bring right. it up close, and then you get the reveal of the mask. Like you get the moments yes. of terror. Yeah. This is just this some kind guy. Of like, he's out a, the gate. He's a red T-shirt and a Canadian tuxedo and a blood-covered drill. And he just ru- literally physically running, which is also not cool if you're a villain. Obviously, yes. you're supposed to plod. He yes. runs back Villains to the van plod. and takes off. Yeah. So uh, Trish gets dropped off by, at her house by her boyfriend, Mark, on his motorcycle. And we see Valerie, who literally lives across the street and is probably a virgin, like looks on like, I wish I was cool and a cool boyfriend, but... Maybe it'll help me survive some sort of harrowing thing that's about to happen. Who's to say? Uh, meanwhile, we see uh, Diane walk to her house, and um, we see a POV of someone watching and coming up behind her. Fortunately, when the person grabs her, Diane physically throws him over her shoulder. And it's not Russ, our serial killer. It is mm-hmm. their, her classmate, John uh, Minor, who they okay. kind of have a thing going on. So she's like, you scared the hell out of me. But of course, Does they he smooch. Know Jonathan Majors? <laughs> I didn't ask him because it's a movie that I can't interact with. From like 35 years ago. I, I did ask him and he didn't reply. So <laughs> I'll ask him again. I'll put it on and I'll ask it again and I'll okay. see what he says, okay? So they're they're smooching 
And she says, I'll try to get out of this girl's summer party. And he's like, okay, you know I want to fuck. So you let me know. I will drive by. I got my car. My parents are out of town. But she's like, oh, I I do want to, but I have this gosh darn um, slumber party to be massacred at. In her car, we see Coach Jana. Um, she's listening to the Russ Thorne coverage, which is playing on every fucking channel. Like, yeah. Which it would. It absolutely would. Right. But also, there were like six channels then. Right. That's true. And she parks her car at her house and she has to, she takes her keys out to go to the, and also she has the look and the car I want. Like, she has like a matching red tracksuit. Like everything about her life is what I want my life to be. Does that make sense? Like yes. it just is like aesthetically very 70s and beautiful. She takes out her house keys and goes to put them in the doorknob and a drill punctures through the fucking door from the inside and almost stabs her no. in the orbital cavity, Allison. Jesus Christ. The door swings open and luckily it's just her friend slash maybe the handy woman slash I have to assume some sort of lover, Pam. Who's putting in a peep sh- a peephole? And she's like, oh, Pam, you're here putting in a peephole. I'm like, what is that? What is this a new door? Like, how did you just move in? Right. It doesn't matter. And it's like I always say, a handyman is just a friend you haven't slept with yet. Oh. Coach Shannon asks Pam, have you seen the telephone repairman? He's also supposed to come by. And her friend says, Oh, yeah, he's just across the street. Of course, we know. That that is a right. stolen, and, and he, that Russ is absconded with the telephone repair van, and then Coach Shanna says, "Also, have you seen my cat?" Oh no, Pam has not. Pam heads out. Um, they're probably gonna go line dancing later, and Coach Shanna gets comfortable. Meanwhile, we see Trish gets a call from Diane saying, "I'm gonna bring John over. Like he's gonna stop by. Don't freak out about it." Trish, of course, like, I told you specifically, my parents will kill me if there's any boys here. Mm. I don't know how many times I have to tell you, I cannot get, I, I cannot get in trouble, okay? Suddenly, she hears a noise. Trish goes to the front door, Allison, and it's standing open. Mm-mm. You know the Mm-mm. drill. Allison, what would you do? What would you do? Like, okay, again, realistically, pee my pants and start crying. Yeah. Um, strategically, I'd be afraid to leave. Like, like if a door, if a door is open that wasn't open last, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'll go out. Like, I'd be afraid of what's, th- like. Yeah. I get, like, paralyzed in terror is probably the most likely. Um, I mean, I, ge- I guess, like, get in my car and drive away. Yeah, I would I would probably run, even if it meant I was decapitated yeah. or, or disemboweled by a drill as I ran through the door. Yeah. At least I will have made an effort. The effort. I, yeah. I would have made the effort, yeah. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Fortunately, she doesn't do either of those things. She um, sits down and starts playing at the piano. She hears another noise and she runs to the door. And I wrote, instead of noise, I wrote noise. So she noise. hears a noise and runs to the door. 
A hand grabs her, Allison. It's just her neighbor, Mr. Content. And what I <laughs> it like doesn't about, sound right. No, and luckily every time Trish asks anyone has to interact with Mr. Content, they're just like, oh, great. Which is like my response to like, oh, my neighbor's here. Ugh. And I think Mr. Content only exists to set up like, oh, will they think it's him? Like to had some sort of red herring. Because other than that, Mr. Content does not provide anything that no. a character needs to provide. No. Okay. He's not serving. He's not funny. He's not scary. He's just a, He's not helpful. He's just a man who lives next door. He's not helpful. And he's yeah, like, oh he's sorry. Um I saw the, the door epitome was open. of just like an adult, like, you know, assuming like straight cis white man. Like just be like, I'm just here and I'm not contributing. <laughs> Also, I, I, he's like, I saw your door open, so I just came inside. It's like, you just came inside didn't say anything. That's No. Mr. Content, you're the bad guy. That's a problem. You know, a good guy with a gun, good guy who sees a door open and just goes inside and silently and doesn't say anything and we're a teenage girl's alone? I don't think so. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He insists against Trish's express wishes to stay in the house until her friends get there, and so eventually she agrees and um, I will say I noted this at this point. I am suffering. Watching this movie, I am suffering for what I would describe as extreme white woman blindness syndrome. Where <laughs> yeah. every, and it, what's hard is like, like you see Coach Jana and then you see Trish. These, they're played by the same, like the, the right. same age of actor. Right. It's not like these are actually teens and these are actually 40 right. year olds. They're all maybe 29. And so I'm struggling. Like if anyone puts down their hair or changes their clothes, I'm like, Ugh. like Jackie is a, a black woman, and then other than that, everyone is a. I need white everybody woman. with name tags, right? And they all have like Give that me 80s hair. Give me any like. It is. She's nuts. always in purple. She's always in green. Like, give me something. So I am str- trying to be like, who's doing what? You know. And I do feel like again, like this is a test for executive dysfunction. It's like look at all these white women and tell see if you can tell them apart. I I really could not. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at her house, Coach Jana, as a single woman, makes a very sad little meal, which I loved, which is just one tortilla, and then she's shredding a block of cheese on it, and there's Great. a bottle of hot sauce, and then a half of a glass of grape juice. I was like, mm. I love that shit. Until the grape juice. Yeah. Well, it's just sort of like, oh, I know I shouldn't just be drinking grape juice, but whatever, I've already eaten this it's shit. It's just here. Yeah, right. It's like, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a high school gym teacher and coach. Like, I yeah, just I'm need eating to- cheese on a tortilla with hot sauce at night. Like, it's Yeah, fun. I need some grape juice to get through my, my life. Um, unfortunately, she knocks over the grape juice. It shatters everywhere, and she hears a noise. She hears a noise and opens her closet door. <gasps> luckily, Allison, the cat leaps out. He's pissed, but luckily he just got trapped in the closet. Kitty. Because I thought for sure that cat was going to be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, Jeff and Neil are sort of like deciding what to do for the evening. Night has fallen. And Jeff's trying to convince Neil, like, we should crash the girls' slumber parties. Like, I don't know. They said they didn't really want that. And Jeff says, they love that shit. Girls love to scream. It's like, you know what we oh. do? Here's what I love to scream. Noise! <laughs> and they decide they're going to do it. And of course, as they walk past the... They walk down the street. They see the telephone repair van. So we know that Russ is lingering. At her house, Trish has made Mr. Con- Mr. Content co- a cup of coffee, which I thought was above and beyond. If you're a teen girl, like, making coffee your neighbor. for someone? Yeah. Kim and Jackie arrive. And Kim and Jackie are teen girls, so they arrive and they're like, we're here for the orgy. And before um, Trish could say anything, they literally, like, pull out, like, a six-pack of beer and a bag, and she's like, 100% seedless prime bud, bitch, Maui wowie. 
And Mr. <laughs> Content, who sucks, comes up Obviously. and then like sniffs it as she holds it in the air. And I'm like, I want to run a away. drill through this motherfucker. Get away from that. That's yeah, not I wanna, for you. He should run a couple drills to learn how to do to be a good neighbor, by which I mean I want him to run over a drill. Yes. But fortunately, she was like, I was like, oh, he's going to rat them out or take the weed. And he's like, no, Trish sees them out. And she says, he says, Trish, I won't tell as long as you don't tell your parents I scared you. I, for one, think it's good to have secrets with my grown male neighbors when I'm a teen girl. Oh, yeah, let's have a secret, Mr. Content. (laughs) I don't understand his character whatsoever. Anywho, over at Valerie's house, because she turned down the invite for the summer party, she's hanging out with, like, her 14-year-old girl, her, her sister, rather, her sister, Courtney, and Courtney's like, why didn't they ask you to slumber party? Because, of course, she knows all these girls. They're, like, the popular girls at school. Mm-hmm. And Valerie says, well, they did ask me, but I wanted to hang out with my little sister. But then Courtney gets a call from a boy named Gordon. And she's like, bye, bitch. I'm talking to Gordon all night. Like, I'm 14. <laughs> and she's, like, so boy crazy. Like, you know, she's really amped up. So it's like, even in this moment, it's like, oh, you want to hang out with me because I'm a loser? Or, like, I'm 14. You want to, like, have a night in? I'm yeah. cooler than you, Valerie. I've yeah. got Gordon to talk to over at the summer party, the girls, um, everyone has arrived but Diane. So, of course, they're take, talking shit about Diane. Mm-hmm. They're saying, like, we do not understand why she's with John Minor. That guy sucks. They're eating chips. They're brushing their hair. Their shirts are still on while they brush their hair, which I think is a good a good um, idea for you, Allison. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, don't uh, due to the n- amount of nipple pain you apparently uh, <laughs> inflict on yourself. <laughs> but they're having a good time, and, uh, like, they're preparing, you know what I mean, for Diane yeah. to get there to have a summer party and, of course, to die. Unfortunately, Allison, they hear something shatter in the other room. They run over. Thank God it's just the coffee pot for Mr. Contan's coffee. coffee, And that Trish had accidentally put down down an empty burner. I don't get it either. Like, was it decaf? I agree. And she picks up the broken pot. She's like, oh, I have to replace it. It'll be fine. And she looks up and Diane's face is pressed through the window and she's waving. And they all Mm. scream. Meanwhile, over at their place... Valerie and Courtney are reading, like, celebrity magazines, like, People or whatever. And they're talking about Brooke Shields' new hairdo, very, uh, Brooke Shields' era. Yes. Uh, uh, we, we were all in. Uh, I guess we were a little bit, we were a little too young, but, like, a yeah. huge Brooke Shields moment. They hear the dog get into the trash outside. Valerie goes to clean up after the dog, and her sister runs upstairs and takes out, like, a wrinkled playgirl. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, oh, my, finally my moment to look at my playgirl. Yes. Did you ever have that, like, as a teenager, like, having, like, a Playgirl or, like, a porno mag? Was that a thing? Because that was absolutely a thing where I was from. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I definitely, like, came across them with other, like, groups of friends. But, like, it wasn't a constant thing that was happening. Yeah, it would just sort of be, like— It was, like, one crazy party, like, the girls all got their hands on a Playgirl. Um, I remember uh, going to, I was with my academic decathlon team and we were in, we got to go to Phoenix because we got to nationals because we were very smart. Obviously. And uh, our one, one of the girls in the group, Katie was the only one who was 18. So we all pressured her to go into like a, just a, like a porno shop. Yeah. And by, I believe one playgirl and one, one other thing, cause it was all like women and gay men. Yeah. But just, like, that moment of, like, watching her through women, like, she's doing it. Which is so funny because, like, in the early 2000s, just because we had the internet, but it wasn't, like, the internet as it exists now. Yeah, right. You couldn't just, like, be on it all that, like, yeah. it, it, it just wasn't the same. And, I mean, just, like, the access to pornography has changed so much. So, so I appreciate much. this, like, the, like, it's like, I have to take this moment. They don't say where she got it from. She's like, I'm going to run upstairs and look at it. 
Um, when Valerie gets back in, Courtney says, oh, I'm up here um, working on my homework. And Trish says, okay, but don't turn out, don't tear out the centerfold like you did last time. And Courtney's like, oh, no, she knows. She knows about my porno bag. Meanwhile, we see Neil and Jeff sneak into the back, to the back of Trish's house, and they look through the window. And luckily, Allison, it's that moment of every slumber party, which everyone remembers from when you were a teen girl, is when all the girls get totally naked and change into, a, into their pajamas at the exact same time. Yes, of course. We love doing that. And we have, like, a full conversation, tits out, yeah. laughing. Yes. Again, br- back to brush. You got to brush your hair. You got to brush your hair. Your hair gets so tangled. It, yeah. You don't brush it while, while your tits are out. Right. And the guys are like, what we do to deserve this? If we died, I went to heaven. <laughs> and they all, all the girls decide we're going to order a pizza. And they said no anchovies. Again, a very 80s concept. Very 80s. Anchovies, like the concept, like the, the yes or no of anchovies. Yes. The national debate. Danny, uh, Diana's the only one who hasn't changed in her pajamas because uh, John Miner's going to come over and they're going to fuck. Uh, she says, I'll go get some firewood because I'm the only one still dressed. And so she has to then go back to the back of the house. And we okay. see, of course, as she walks out, the moonlight glinting off of a cleaver blade. How did he get his hands on a cleaver? I don't, where did he get his hands on a drill, Allison? A, a great question. Because I was like, oh, I guess the drill could have been in, in the, the um, handy, excuse me, in, in the, the telephone van. Wood. Yeah. But yeah, a cleaver wouldn't have been in there. No, I don't think so. I don't think they use that for stuff. Um, you know what? We don't know. We can't we refer. Don't know. I don't even know what it would mean to I've repair never fixed a television. A phone. Never fixed anything in my life. I've only ruined things. <laughs> they end screams, but it turns out she just found a slug. And we see a log get picked up and slammed down on the, on the I'm sorry, on the snail. A log slams down on the snail and she looks up in horror. It's Mr. Content. I'm like, if this, this guy doesn't get out of here. Go home. <laughs> And he's like, oh, yeah, I've already smashed 52. I'm like, so you're out what? at night just, just smashing, smashing snails, snails logs? That's too like, many. What's happening? Yeah, Why and, are you counting? And luckily, Diane also, like, much like Trish, Diane's like, oh, hello, Mr. Content. Like, <sighs> everyone cannot stand this motherfucker. <gasps> Fortunately for us, uh, Allison, Diane goes inside with the firewood. And just as Mr. Content raises his log to crush another snail, over 50 is too many. You shouldn't be crushing that many snails. I don't even yeah. know how many we have, but it, that seems like a lot. It seems like there would be no space that wasn't dead snails outside right. if you killed 52. And uh, as he raises the log, Allison, we hear a drill. And the sound of an extremely annoying neighbor choking on his own blood. That's a feature wrap for Mr. Content, everybody. Give him, a, give him a round of applause. But now it's really time to drill down on the plot, Allison. Okay. Inside, the girls start to hear a thump as something hits the front window, and Trish pulls the uh, curtain aside and sees a figure, but then looks out, and it is the uh, one of the dolls, the Barbie doll that we saw that hand pull out of her bag of toys. Mm-hmm. It is now, of course, covered in blood. This yeah, is when you call the cops. I'm calling yeah. it now. Once there's blood on anything, I'm getting someone else involved. Yeah, I because then it's like someone took it out of the garbage. Someone covered it in blood and now is slammed is in the ha- is near the house to the point it touched the front window mm. trish of course sees a figure and realizes wait Diane, when you went to the when you went to the garage did you lock the door when you came in she rushes out and we see that in the garage the bulb is burned out but the door mm. is closed so Diane's saying well i closed it they check it it's not locked but Aye. it seems like everyone's like there's no one's in there I guess. Or is there? Mm. 
There is. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other girls, other than Trish, Trish is like more ambiently nervous because it's her house. But the other girls like chalk the doll up to a prank by the boys, right? Yeah. Over at their house, Valerie goes up and snatches a playgirl away from Courtney and pages through her through and shows her one of the guys. And he's like, oh yeah, he'll do. And Courtney says, ew. And Valerie scoffs and says, oh, please, you were beating off guys in the fifth grade. And for a Bold. second, I thought the, she was saying you were beating off two guys, like you were looking at porn in fifth grade. But then I replayed it, and she said you were beating off guys in the fifth grade. And, of course, Courtney denied it. Well, I I bet that means, like, like beating off, like, like just like, oh, like, she was being pursued a lot, and, like, she had to say no to everybody, and not necessarily, like, not jerking them off. Allison, you couldn't be more wrong. Because she then says, did you tell mom about that? And Valerie's like, no, I didn't. Ah. And Courtney is enraged. He's like, don't, why would you bring that up? Like, is genuinely mad that it, uh, that it is something that happened. That's why I was so flabbergasted. I was like, oh, okay. But regardless, back at the sleepover, we see Diane call John Minor and the other girls pick up the receiver to eavesdrop on their horny conversation we hear Diane say, I liked it too. Do you think I'm getting better at it? And the other girls just fall out laughing. And Diane hears them through the phone and she says, I think our First Amendment has been violated, which was very funny. Very funny. Unfortunately, Allison, the lights suddenly go out in the house. Oh, boy. And they all spark their lighters. And Trish says, okay, well, we have to go to the fuse box, which is very, I mean, good for them that even know to have to go to the fuse box. I couldn't, like, I live in basically two rooms. And I would not, like, if our power, like, there is a fuse box. I know where it is. If I open, like, I still would not even think to be like, better go to it. I don't know. I, I've had to, I only have to know the fuse box because the power has gone gone out in my apartment a couple times, and there's a separate mm-hmm. fuse box for every unit. Yeah, but I would never have known unless a neighbor happened to be outside and I walked outside and said my power's out, and then I yes. had to flip it. Yes. So they go out to so the fuse box. Unfortunately, is in the garage. The gang makes their way out there. They open the fuse box. None of them are blown, but some of them have been pulled out and they're missing. Oh, not great. Suddenly, there's a figure in the dark. And Trish wheels on it and punches the person, knocking them to the ground. It's just dumb, Jeff. He and he and Neil were out and about. We're dumb just kind Jeff. of, you know, we're just snooping around your house when the lights are off during your slumber party. But now that they're here, it's like, okay, you guys can come inside. They replace the fuses and they they bring the boys in. Meanwhile, back at Valerie's house, which is Snoozeville, she's like doing homework. Right. She hears the trash can get knocked over again. She's like, oh my god, that dog keeps getting into it. She goes out and hears a noise. Suddenly, Courtney leaps out with at her with a knife. Allison is just a goof. It's just, he's just goofing around. No goofing with knives. And Courtney says, that's for bringing that thing that you brought up earlier. How you were be- beating off guys in the fifth grade. So a, they that's, mentioned it again. I'm like, well, I guess that's what we're talking boy, about. We're really still talking about that, aren't we? <laughs> Also, I should add, they have a little tiny cat that follows them everywhere. So at one point, it's sitting on the table while they're, like, reading magazines, and it's drinking from, like, a saucer of milk. And then when they go outside, it kind of, like, trots behind them. It's so cute. I love that. Meanwhile, you should be in a movie. Be in a movie. Um, Meanwhile, over at Trish's, John finally comes over to Pork Diane, and their plan is they're going to park his car in the garage, much like Cardi B asked you to in WAP. Yes, of course. Um, and so they, they go in and they start canoodling. Obviously. Meanwhile, 
Courtney um, is doing her makeup and Valerie's doing her hair just again to, to have something to do. And Courtney's like, wait, are there boys over at the party? Let's crash it. And Valerie's like, you just want to go over there so everyone can see what your hair looks like and it looks good. Like, I'm, we're not going over there. I already told them I'm not going. I'm not bringing my 14-year-old sister, you know? Right. Meanwhile, in the car, in the garage, Diane and John are getting into it, but Diane stops him and he's, she's like, the, it's been... Like, the girls could come out in the garage any chance. We've been out in this garage all night. Like, yeah. they're going to come in here and see this. And John's like, okay, then come over to my place. My parents are out. Like, let's do this. But Trish feels, and this is, like, the most teenage thing about it. It was like, oh, I can't disappoint my girls. Like, I can't do that to them. And also, Trish is going to be really mad at me. Like, uh, Trish made all of us promise no boys. We'd actually have fun. And I'm absolutely going to ditch them to have sex with you. John's like, you know what? I, I think Trish, I know her. She's very understanding. Mm-hmm. And Diane says, fuck it. Let me just do it. So she goes inside to talk to them. Inside, Jeff is like developing a black eye. And they don't have any steak, which again was a very old-timey thing. Yes. It's like put a steak on a, yeah, a bruise or. Yeah. And so Trish tries to talk him into letting him put two um, penises, I'm sorry, two hot dogs directly onto his face to see if that would help. Meanwhile, um, Kim and Jackie are making strawberry daiquiris. Incredible. Absolutely, we should do a a sleepover. I mean, I made strawberry daiquiris at the parties that I threw at my house, and they were always a hit. And then I I accidentally blended up a wooden spoon in one of them, and we just didn't say anything and gave them to people. Could you tell? (laughs) There were just a couple of shards in some of the cups. Allison. They could have died. I know. They were big, though. It was like the size of a toothpick. Like, you couldn't, like. That's terrifying. Yeah, we were idiots. Um, well, keeping that in mind, they're making strawberry daiquiris. <laughs> okay. And Diane tells uh, them and Trish, um, John, John and I are going to run out and get um, beers. Um, we're going to be back. It'll probably be like an hour if I had to guess. And Trish immediately knows, oh, you're ditching us for John. She's like, it's fine. She says, I guess you really can't go back to the old days. The old days before we were fucking and sucking in cars. Unfortunately, Allison. These teens. When Diane goes back out to the car... She gets in and leans over to kiss John, and you know his fucking head falls right off. Oh, it goes tumbling. And she screams, only to look up and see Ross, and you know he's got his drill at the ready, and her shrieks are drowned out by, what else, the whir of the daiquiris blending up. Oh, yeah. Jackie, Kim and Jackie, who I have decided are lesbians, but only because they're talking about baseball— they, they're, like, talking about the game the night before, and they're like, Who's, who scored all six runs? So they decide they're going to call Coach Jana at home and ask her, which is the gayest thing I can imagine doing as a teen girl. <laughs> we'll call Coach, and she'll know who did it. It's like, okay. Okay. Suddenly, Allison, there's a knock at the door. The boys go to answer it thinking, oh, it's the pizza they ordered earlier. No anchovies. And as they count out their bills, wait, one of them calls through the door, what's the damage? And the other side, we hear a man's voice say, Six, so far. Allison, when they open the door, there stands the pizza delivery guy, dead, his eyes fucking drilled out. Ah! His body pitches onto the living room carpet, and everybody screams, this isn't a drill, baby. It's a slumber party massacre. Oh, boy. Fortunately, Coach Jana hears them screaming before the line goes dead. So at least Coach Jana knows that something has gone. Something has happened. But she, of course, thinks, is this a prank? Are you girls pranking me? I get pranked all the time. I'm a high school or high school teacher, you know. Um, Trish runs over to the phone line and calls the operator and says, call the police. There's been a murder. Please. Just then, Russ cuts the line. 
Meanwhile, um, Coach Jana was smart enough to call Valerie and Courtney, because knowing they live on the same block, to say, mm-hmm. do you hear anything? Have you checked out? Like, are you friends with them? And at first, she asked Valerie to go look. And then Valerie says, I'm not doing that. And Coach Jana said, you're absolutely right. Do not leave the house. It's like, yeah, yes. we're going to send another teen. If there seems to be some sort of teen disaster, we're going to send two more teens? Yeah. Come on. Inside the house, so basically the the delivery man's, uh, delivery guy's body falls in and they shut the door. And Neil and Jeff say to themselves, we have to be the heroes. We have to help the girls. So they're going to make a run for it. One of them is going to run out the front door and run over to Valerie's house to use the phone. And the other one is going to run through the garage and go to Mr. Constant's house. Great. Constant's house. Um, not knowing that he's dead, obviously. Right. So we see Jeff is the one going through the garage to Mr. Constant's house. And Neil's the one headed over to Valerie. The second Jeff goes to the garage, Allison, he sees Diane's bloody corpse hanging and gets stabbed with a fucking drill. Like, he doesn't get 20 feet from the house I mean, before he's stabbed with a drill. Well, that's what's happening. Unfortunately, We're in massacre ne- mode. Neil does make it to Valerie's house, but of course she's watching a horror movie and Courtney's gossiping on the phone about French kissing a boy. <laughs> so they do not hear him. And there's a lovely little parallel, which we also saw in um, the Mortuary Collection, Mm -hmm. where Valerie is watching this horror movie. It's building to a climax. So she does not hear the exact same sounds that are happening Happening. immediately outside the door. Right? Yes. Finally, she picks up on it and she goes. And when she looks out the front door, it's a second too late. Russ has basically tackled Neil to the ground and has begun stabbing him with Neil's own knife that he carried um, from Tisha's house. Mm-hmm. And as Neil screams, his screams blend with the screams from the horror movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Russ picks up Neil's corpse and carries it over to Trisha's house to add to the others in the trunk of the car. And we see, this is the first time we've heard him talk. He goes, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, he's trying to count the bodies and there's one missing. And it's Jeff. Jeff is still alive and he's dragging himself back to the house. And I would say between the garage and the house, there's a pool. So for the rest of the movie, there's going to be people drag, like fighting next to a pool, dragging themselves bodily <laughs> next to a pool, dying nice. next to a pool. And so Jeff, gone by not forgotten, our fallen soldier, he makes it up to the the back door slowly but surely. Inside, they're like, what should we do? And they're like, we should cover up the pizza delivery guy because we don't want to have to see his carved out fucking eye, eye sockets anymore. Yeah, I don't want to see that. And Jackie, again, in another excellent character parody, they do it. And then she picks up the pizza and start eat, starts eating. And they're like, how could you eat right now? She's like, look, I eat when I feel bad. And this is probably the worst I've ever felt. So this is actually making me feel better already. <laughs> yeah, I'm with it's you, in Jackie. the trailer that I watched. And somebody's like, you're going to eat the dead guy's pizza? Like, it's just like the delivery. It's so it's good. It's so funny. Finally, they hear Jeff. They hear him whimpering at the back door, wounded but still alive. But they're trying to be like, what if it's Neil or what if it's a killer trying to lure us out? Well, it's about to be both in a second, ladies. We hear Neil scream, and then they hear the drills, melodious whir, and then blood just sort of jettisons under the door. Meanwhile, Coach Jana, who has no idea what the fuck's going on other than the scream, is driving their way. So we see her. She's on her way. Mm-hmm. Why she didn't call the cops, I don't right. know. But Right. But she doesn't know, and then Valerie still doesn't know. Okay. And Valerie comes down, her movie's over, and she cannot find Courtney. She looks out the door, and Courtney has taken it by herself. She's just walking over to the slumber party to see if there are boys there. Mm. And it's so like, she, there are. 
<laughs> there, there were. They, I mean, I guess in, in death, do you remain a boy? I suppose that's the question. The body's still there. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, there are boys' bodies there. So she marches over there, and Mallory's like, oh, God damn it. So she has to chase after them. Valerie gets to the front door, cannot find Courtney. She's knocking the door and say, hey, sorry, I'm looking for my sister. The gals can hear the knock on the door, but again, are like, is this the killer tricking us? Is this right. actually Valerie? But Jackie's saying, fuck this, that's Valerie. We know her, we could beg her for help. Unfortunately, she she makes a run for it. She's immediately slashed by, you guessed it, a gigantic drill. Obviously. So the two remaining girls inside, Trish and Kim, run upstairs to Trish's bedroom and barricade them inside with a um, dresser. So they are trapped in there. And Valerie is going around to the back door, still looking for Courtney. And she's startled by Courtney. And she's like, I don't see any lights on. The girl, they must have gone out. Like, the party must be over. They went out. That would not explain the hand-printed human blood that is visible behind them on the back door. But whatever, ladies. Okay. I was like, you don't see that and think, oh, the party just went to the next place. You know yeah, what I mean? no. At the after party. Oh, no, they left all this blood here, but they probably oh went out. Oh, my God. They forgot their blood. Let's, let's bring blood. it over to them. They went to Dave and Buster's without their blood. Without their blood? Valerie tries the door. It's open, says, fuck it. She's then loose. So Valerie is now in the house. Upstairs, Kim can hear her calling out. Kim's freaking out, saying, I want to warn Valerie, but if we call to her, then the, then the killer will know that we're up here. Right. And Trish says, well, for all we know, she's working with him. Okay. And she says, no. well, think about it. Jackie only went down there because she heard Valerie's no voice and Valerie knocking. Again, a kind of a stretch. Yeah. Fortunately, Allison, as they debate whether or not Valerie's on the wrong side of history or whatever, we watch Russ creep in through the second story window and stands behind them with his, uh, his drill and... Attacks them. Fortunately, okay. they're able to knock him out. Oh, good. And it gives them enough time to move the dresser. Of course, Allison, unfortunately, Russ comes to it the worst possible moment and grabs the knife that Kim dropped, mm. stabbing it into her torso, no. leaving Trish alone to flee the room. Wait. And now I must bring you, ask the question, Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? Who have we got? Okay, we have got um, Valerie, mm-hmm. younger sister Courtney, mm-hmm. Trish, whose house it is. Yeah, the coach, uh-huh. Coach Jana, and oh, I think that's it. I think younger sister Courtney will live. Trish will die. Valerie and uh, Valerie and Courtney will survive. And then, of course, sorry, Ro, uh, Russ Thorne, the right. serial killer. Yeah. Do you know how we think he's getting out of here? A distant relative to Rip Torn, perhaps? Um, His son. I think he's going to die. I think they're going to kill him. Okay, great. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. So now uh, Courtney has also uh, entered the house, and Courtney and Valerie, they're like, well, guess we, um, guess nobody's here. And what we realize is the, the reason they think that is because the killer has moved the um, body of the pizza delivery man. 
Oh, so, no. Or, no, sorry, rather. So the pizza delivery man's body is covered up. So they okay. do not see it. So at least based on what they could look around and see, it just looks like they left. Like no, there's like yeah. some trash, but like the broken um, coffee pot, but it's not right, But there's so, not just like a dead yeah. body in the middle of the room. So Courtney's like, they well, could- they left all this beer. Let's take this beer. And does this incredible bit where she opens the refrigerator door and we see that Kim's dead body with a, a knife in, his, in her chest kind of lulls out about to fall. And Valerie says, no, you're underage. You're not drinking. Courtney shuts the door. Courtney says, well, at least you take one and you drink it. Why else? Well, at least we came over here and got something out of it. She opens the door again. Kim's body almost falls out again. Valerie it's in the says, trailer and it's super funny. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, shut the door. We're not doing it. She shuts it and they eventually they start to leave the uh, house. And Courtney just is like, fuck it. She opens the fridge. Kim's dead body falls out fully onto the ground, topples to the ground. She screams and bolts. Valerie runs over, sees it, and screams. Valerie ducks into the basement door, and Courtney hides under the couch right as Russ steps back into the living room. Mm-hmm. We see Russ grab the pizza guy's body, throw it down the basement stairs where Valerie is hiding, and then take his place under the blanket that the gals had placed over the pizza guy's body and mm-hmm. pretend to be a body. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Courtney is hiding underneath the couch. Eventually... We see Trish, who doesn't know what's going on, because Trish has been hiding in one of those translucent garment bags, like hanging oh, in the, like there's a sure. fun moment where Russ opens the closet and we see her, like we see the garment bag, but then we see, as Susie leaves, we see her face sort of press against it. Now oh it's all God. fogged up. Unfortunately, we see Trish start to emerge from the, from the closet and there's a ring at the door. It's Coach Jana. And I don't need to tell you, as soon as that door comes open, Russ leaps at her and attacks her with his drill. Yeah. Downstairs, Valerie hears what's going on. The battery on this drill really lasts. This Um, is an ad for the drill. Yeah. So hearing all the commotion, Valerie looks around trying to figure out what can I use as a weapon. Valerie picks up a handheld circular saw, turns it Mm. on, and tries to run upstairs to the rescue only to be snapped back like a Looney Tunes character the- when she reaches the end of the power cable. Yes, of course. And I assumed she was going to fall on it. No, no, she's totally fine. But again, now we're oh back at square one here. Coach Jana is basically fucking hand-to-hand fist-fighting fist Russ Thorne, serial killer, and is able to get him on the ground and then starts beating him with a fireplace poker. Okay, and because she keeps, she's fit. She keeps it together. She is the yeah. gym teacher. I mean, these were athletes. Absolutely. Trish runs in with her knife and now that Russ is on the ground, stabs him, only to have Coach Jana sort of run and grab her. And I took that to mean, like, Coach Jana didn't want to have to have this teen girl murder this man for her. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. when she grabs Trish, Russ is able to get his drill and then stabs it into Coach Jana's stomach, disemboweling her. Mm-hmm. He turns, and now Trish, who does not have her knife anymore, is sobbing, is... As far as she knows, the last person standing, Russ speaks to Trish. All of you are very pretty. I love you. Takes a lot of love for a person to do this. You know you want it. Trish says, why are you doing this? I don't even know you. Fortunately, 
Valerie comes fucking flying out of the basement because she has found Hell a yeah. weapon and it's a giant fucking machete. Like it is a huge <laughs> blade. These people have so much shit in their houses. That's I was dangerous. like, it, it's almost like you wanted like her dad runs like a um like a landscaping business. Like it's like where it's like just an explanation of like somebody could have those Something. tools, but why? why what would do they have? do? Why? Fucking like a, what felt like a three foot long machete blade. And she's able to basically like back Russ out onto the, the lanai with the pool. Mm-hmm. And he, he takes, he, so it's drill versus machete. And she swings a machete. Allison, it slices the drill in half like, but, like butter. And the top <laughs> half of the drill flies into the pool, severing the phallus. You see, you know, you got it. Of course, yes, of course, of course, of course. She swings again at Russ, chopping off his hand. She swings again, disemboweling him. She swings again, and Russ's dying body flops into the pool like the floppy is. And Courtney runs out safe, and they hug, only to hear hear like a burbling sound. And Russ oh, no. pulls himself up to the surface onto the like um, the edge of the pool deck. Yeah. So then he is fighting Valerie for the blade. Neither of them have it. He's got her on the ropes. He's on top of her, basically punching her until right. Trish runs out and attacks him. Again, and in that moment, Valerie is able to get her hands on the machete blade. And when Russ turns back to Valerie and lunges at her, he lands on the blade, and the bloody blade skewers through his body. Incredible, sending blood everywhere. The slumber party massacre, Allison. Wow, just ends on that. What an absolute treat! I fucking love this movie. It was so good. I mean. Fun from start to finish. Absolutely. Um, But let's talk about some fatal mistakes. Let's talk about some fatal mistakes that we think people may have made in this movie. Fatal mistakes. If they were broadcasting all this information about this guy on every channel, and we were very aware of it, like, when things started going being weird, like, I— I'm more shocked that people weren't like, we should call our parents. We should call the police. Like, Right, that's a fair point. And if a murderer had escaped and, like, everybody was aware of it, yeah. I wouldn't be like, let the girls have their party. You know, I'd be like, um, no, we're locking you all in your homes and uh, until this guy is caught. I will say, um, you know, maybe the teens wouldn't know, but I got to think Coach Jano would have been yes. like, oh, wow, what's yes. the scream? Oh, my God, that mass murderer is loose. Right. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, I, I would. That would have been my first assumption hmm. with what's going on. Yeah. So that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Other than that, I mean, never bring a boy to a, an all-girl sleepover if you've been told that's, specifically you can't bring boys. Yes, that Fucked is a up. very fair rule. Fucked up. <laughs> um, other than that, again, you know, how? What do you do when there's a, a mass murder loose yeah. in beautiful Venice, California? You got to have a sleepover. You got to still live. Right. It's like, have fun. Spend time with your friends. Right. Similarly, we, as a nation, are having a slumber party massacre. And it is Mm. uh, on us to try to continue to enjoy our slumber party. And then eventually drive a a machete through the um, torso of the the Republican Party. Party. So let's do it, you guys. 2023. We got this. Where would you put this on the spooky scale, Allison? Spooky scale. I mean, I think this is like a three. Yeah. You know, for spookiness. Not for fun, mm-hmm. but, you know, for spookiness, I think, like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of jokes. Yeah. The drill is scary, but also kind of funny. 
Yeah, I would say 10 for fun. Yeah. Scariness, I'm going to go ahead and give this a one. This is not scary okay. at all. But what a blast. An absolute blast. A very fun, a very fun take, but also I appreciate I appreciate the sincerity of a drill. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to ironically drill someone's eye sockets out. And sometimes yeah. you have to be sincere about about your intentions. Yeah. 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 Um and uh uh, we should have mentioned this earlier because we were already talking about Scream, but uh, oh, yeah. Sunday, March 26th, another live show coming at you. We gotta do the new Scream movie that's set in New York. Go, so Ghostface, get your tickets for that. Yeah, Ghostface takes Manhattan, yeah. guys. Ghostface takes Manhattan. Uh, moment.co slash ruined for tickets. Uh, but Sunday, March 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Please join us to ruin the newest installment of Scream. Despite the fact that Nev Campbell is not involved, we're still going to come. Well, okay, I'm going to say this now. What if she's Ghostface this time? Like, it's all, like, uh, like all the publicity about her not being in it is actually part of the marketing. Yes. What if then? Okay, well, that would be incredible, and I feel like we're only going to get let down because yeah. I don't feel like that's what happens. I don't think so either, I am going but to it'd be very hold smart. on to the hope. It'd be very smart. I'm going to hold on to the hope that that's a possibility. Okay, great. Me too. I'm going to do that as well. And guys, we ask you to hold on to your hope. And um, yeah. also, come to the live show if you want. If not, it's okay. But um, we're here. We love you. And uh, please, please keep it spooky. Keep it drill. Keep it drill. Drill it. Drill. drill it spooky. Drill it spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. 